You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. 69? Yep. <laughs> and it's this book? Oh and my it's God. February. I know, right? I did feel violated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. <gasps> <laughs> Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Uh, we've got a full crew tonight. Uh, everyone's back. Uh, and we're talking about our uh, newest book, The Overstory by Richard Powers. Uh, so, Jen, this was your pick. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you pick this book? I believe I heard about it on the Ezra Klein show. <laughs> he was interviewing the author and it just sounded intriguing. Um, I knew it was about trees and then I read the synopsis and I was like, I don't really understand what it's fully about, but I'll give it a shot. Um, and it was very highly, you know, praised and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I'm See, a sucker for a good tree book. Read, I went back and read the <laughs> synopsis after reading the book and i I completely agree with that statement you just made. Like, if I read the synopsis, I'd be like, <laughs> "This is a different book." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, is it a sci-fi book? Is it fiction? Like modern day fiction? Is it history? Yeah, it was a little bit of everything. It was definitely fictional, but loosely based on some, you know, true events and people and things like that. Yeah. So, um, well, let's let's go ahead and get on into it. Uh, first impressions, Jen. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I did enjoy the writing and the kind of flow of the story. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a little rough, you know, it was kind of a sad ending without a lot of closure. And, um, it was kind of an emotional roller coaster throughout. We'll talk about a lot of that. I know in the questions, but, um, I don't know. I, I didn't hate it like some people on the show, but I was definitely like a little disappointed with how it ended up. So uh sean <laughs> i did not like it um and i think one of the reasons i didn't like it was because it it didn't settle on a particular genre it was it it was fiction for a little bit of time and then it was non-fiction and then it was science and spiritual and it was all over the freaking map and Pick a genre and stick with it, for Christ's sake. <laughs> so, that was, I think that was one of my main complaints on this one. Um, definitely. There were some cool aspects of it, but the story was all over the place. So it was like, oh, this little section is kind of cool. And, oh, this little section was kind of cool. But amongst all the other sections, it was like, nah, this is this is not my cup of tea. <laughs> Chris? Um, first impressions, uh, because I listened to it, I feel like I should have read it because the it's a lot of multiple points of view. Mm-hmm. And I kept getting lost a little bit on who was talking and what the story was about. There were a lot. There's like, I don't know, like eight or something. Um, so that was a little weird. Um, although I do love a good multiple POV story. Um, so yeah, I was, I was, wondering i was a little confused and wondering what was happening most of the time and then as it got through its story i i did 
like the middle part where everything's they were connected Um, at that point yeah yeah everything started connecting and things like that and i liked that that was kind of cool um but that's where it is (laughs) (laughs) i think i feel like general it was just like i i and i didn't read the synopsis on the back so i i don't i should read it it might be funny but it was just a lot of like because i'd seen it on book talk and i was like okay and then i read it i'm like don't get it yeah that's okay it's like you were constantly waiting for all the pieces to come together and they never really did like the characters never even all met you didn't know how their stories were really related and i was just waiting for a point that felt aimless but i mean obviously other people love that type of story so for me it was just like um I feel like I would have read this in college because it got assigned to me. <laughs> what I took and what the book's about. Ray? It was like environmental historical fiction. That's what I yeah. got it. Ray? No, poor Ray. Poor Ray. I struggled with something. <laughs> I, really, I wanted to, like, I. You try. You're just. I, I, um. <laughs> I think for me the the struggle was uh, it wasn't the multiple point of views. I I think I I would have liked that better. I liked that part of it. For me it was keeping track of everything because I didn't know who to care about. There were so many intros in the introductions. Who the fuck do I care about in this? Mm -hmm. And and so by the time I hit the main story I'm like "Mm." Can you tell me what happens? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm done. He's like, I can't do this anymore. Just tell me what happens. <laughs> well, spoiler alert, at the ending, you don't care about any of them. No. <laughs> that's, that's what I found. <laughs> um, I, I started listening to the, I didn't, like I said, I didn't read the synopsis or anything. And I started listening to this. And I got, uh, the only thing I knew was, I can't remember, I, th- I guess talking to you, Jen, that there, I knew there was multiple Characters are weird. There was multiple viewpoints. I think I got that from you. That's the only thing I knew about the book. Um, and I got to listening, and I, I don't remember how far in I was. I literally just stopped. I'm just like, where is this going? Like, I okay. So we talked about some of the intros for some of the characters. Literally, one of the intros for one of the characters is something like, you know, uh, he was a small boy, and like his parents sent him away from. I think Japan or maybe it was China and he comes to the U S and he grows up and he becomes an engineer and he does all this stuff and he has three daughters and he dies. Yeah. So we're going to focus on the daughter. And I'm just like, what happened to the dude? Like, (laughs) well, it says at the beginning of the chapter that it was her story, but yeah, it it goes way back. Yes. It goes. That would be like trying to tell my, all right, let me tell you the story of Eugene Stevens. Well, Marvin Stevens grew up and, and and then he had a kid and his name was Marvin Robert. And then he had a kid and his name. And that's me. Like, I'm like, Jesus. I almost like told my partner at work. I said, I know I know when I tell stories to people, I probably put too much information in there because I, I want to make sure if there's any backstory, someone needs to know they have that backstory. But I'm just like, wow, this was taken to the nth degree. Uh, but I think they were he was really trying to establish each character's connection to trees and by going back to the dad and showing the heirlooms and the tree that he planted like that helped establish where Mimi got her 
connection, you know, and I, and a lot of it was very convoluted. Like the first guy, they go back literally six generations or something. And, yeah. talk, but, but you see the relevance because they're talking about this chestnut tree that they're taking pictures of and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it was hard to follow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so literally at one point I was just like, okay, well maybe this is, um, I can't even remember what I associated it with, but I'm just like, okay, well, this is obviously the part of the book where we're establishing all of our characters. And then eventually as we go through the book, they'll all come together and this will be a story. And we do get some characters coming together, but we never get all of them together. In fact, the, the, the one kid who was in the wheelchair, like, did he ever meet anyone else? At the he very met end. the scientist and he oh, was in the right. same room as Mimi, but okay. yeah. But yeah. yeah, that was it. That was like literally at the end at one it. point. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm, you know, I don't know if I was looking for the Avengers moment where they all come together and help <laughs> save the trees or whatever. But I, yeah, it just. So anyway, um, real quick before we really get started with the rest of the the episode, um, uh, Sean proposed the idea of kind of going over some more generalized questions for the book reviews. Uh, that is something that we started doing for a while, and uh, I take full credit for unfortunately causing us to kind of backslide on that and going more, but to like a blow by blow of the, of, you know, of the books or whatever. So um, hopefully we will try to stick to more generalized ideas, more um, uh, our thoughts and feelings on the book necessarily than like I said, you know, how did you feel at this point in the book and, and so on and so forth. So just a heads up, you know, we're going back to not the old, old version, but we're going, we're going back to a little previous version of, you know, kind of how we did the show. So anyway, um, uh, any favorite part of the book that kind of stood out to anyone? I loved when they were in the tree for a year. Yeah. yeah. Like living yeah. in the tree. I was like, there's a lake and there's ferns growing on it and there's all these animals and ecosystem. And I know it was like for a terrible reason that they were tree sitting, but I thought that was so cool how he kind of created that world. And I actually Googled like, redwood tree sitting to see you know photos of what it might look mm-hmm. like because those things are fucking huge and amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> i could have done a whole book of just that mm-hmm. yeah that would have been interesting that would have been cool yeah um so, i know I complained, about, I know i complained about it but i like the idea of the introductions i think what would have been better is if it really shortened them all up like limit them to like 20 minutes each max because some of them are well over an hour uh, and so I, I like the idea of the little intros of all the different characters and then getting into the story because I think that could have been very interesting but they just put too much in I liked the I liked what was coming around with the pictures of the tree growing that was that was fascinating to me you know the, the idea that you know, several generations of, 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 you know, this, this family would like, you know, we're going to go out and take a picture of the tree and they kept doing it. And it literally becomes this movie of seeing this tree grow and flourish and stuff through the years. And then he comes back and he's just like, all right, well, things are kind of screwed up. I have to leave here now. So I'm just going to bury it with my art. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. They said they were burying the stuff in the ground. I was like, you're going to kill it and ruin it. Those photos. I, yeah, yeah. But I, no, you're not. It's gonna be all gross and dusty by then. It's gonna fall yeah. apart. Mildew and uh, yeah. yeah, precious photos. No. 
So I, I did I did really like that, you know, um, you know, seeing it, you know, seeing it grow, you know, that way. So I um, like Neelay's code too, especially near the end, where he's, yeah. he changed from world building to basically world problem solving, mm-hmm. and like the snippets of code going out and looking for answers. Like as a computer programmer, I totally get that, and that's how you can actually make code work. But, See, that's uh, the part of the book I did not get. I was just like, I don't understand his story. I like that he is like conscionable about this and loves trees, but I really did not understand how he connected to, you know, like the synopsis says they all come together to save the trees. And I'm like, well, what is he doing to save trees? I, I never got that. The, <laughs> it's confusing well, at, to me. At the very end of the book, he uses his code to help like find solutions he's basically running every scenario ever to find solutions to the tree problem and stuff like that like his realization was near the end of the book on helping planet Um, i guess i didn't get that out of the book i just thought he was like making algorithms to surveil and like i don't know collect data so I, i i guess in that you know, case yeah. that's pretty cool, but I I was really confused by his whole story. Yeah, he was the least relatable for me. Um, <laughs> any scenes in particular that stuck out? Um, I'm like you. I did like the, I did like the idea of the 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 thing with them living up in the tree. Um, that was that was actually really cool. Uh, you know, seeing the entire ecosystem kind of you know in and around and above the tree. Um. Well, the next question is least favorite. Um, how about every time something fucking terrible happens in this book? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we spend all this time in this tree and we say how magnificent it is. And then it gets cut down. Okay, well, that sucked. Okay, well, who, who, let's go save something else. Oh, no. So we're going to kill this character. Okay, cool. What about this character? Oh, they get paralyzed. Fantastic. I just <laughs> I feel so wonderful reading this book. Like, it was <laughs> – this was a downer book for me. Like, yeah, yeah. I understand why we can talk about the writing here in just a minute, but as someone who is, you know, um, I, you know, I, I, how do I put this? I don't see how this would be a good book to make people like, I, I, I guess getting information about trees and, and making people, you know, uh, aware and, and interested in trees and, and how much impact they have on the planet is good, but this just is a Debbie Downer book and it just kind of makes me feel like, well, we're all fucked, so who cares anyway? Like, <laughs> I feel like just... all of the characters suffered early in their life. Like, they all had that in common, and then yeah. I was like, okay, this is one of the things that's going to tie them together. They're all, you know, going through trauma or something, but yeah, um, I was actually listening to another podcast talk about this book and they even said like, you know, it's a great story, but not the best introduction to the ecofiction genre, because if you haven't already read some of these books before, you're going to really, yeah, it's going to be a downer. And I mean, I've read books like this and it's a huge downer for me too. So (laughs) I was like, oh, that would have been good to know before introducing it to a bunch of people who probably don't read this kind of stuff as often, (laughs) but you know. Yeah, I I can't. I like stories with hope. Uh, that's 
that's humanity stories for me. Is it's all about the hope at the end of it or something, right? Like, give me a grain of hope. Give me something to to fight for. But if you you're just gonna shit all over everybody, it's like it's not great story for me. Yeah. Yeah. The lack of you're right. The lack of hope is just. And I can, and you know, it's even if it's a book, you know, they get beat down and they're constantly, you know, they, they don't win in the end, but they're just like, fuck it. I'm going to keep going. Like, this is worth saving. I'm still okay with stories like that. And I just, I didn't get that from the end of this book. The end of this book was just yeah. like, well, like I said, we're all screwed. So exactly. smoke but them I if you got them. Why, I think that's why it's very relatable for a lot of people. Cause we do feel like we've been fighting this environmental fight for generations years and um a lot of people are kind of hopeless and feel like humans suck and the planet's going to be better when we're gone and you know i vacillate between that and hope myself so i can see yeah where he's coming from with that (laughs) yeah i uh i couldn't stand anything that had olivia in it other than her being up in the redwood tree that was cool Mm -hmm. but this communing with trees was like what freaking book am I reading here? Like, it, I could understand the stories, everyone's personal stories. Um, there wasn't anything fantastical about them, but all of a sudden she's like talking to tree gods, and everyone is like totally sucked in by her. Oh, she knows what she's talking about. She's talking to trees. Uh, no, don't think so. You may want to get her to a doctor. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that, other than when she's up in the redwood, which was more the description of it, which I really liked, but Maple herself as a character, nah. It, it, every time they wrote about her, it's just like, oh, god damn it. When's the next person coming on? <laughs> well, like you said, it, it does genre hop a lot. And so it's like, well, if we had gotten more of maybe someone else having that ability or seeing like some. I don't know. Um, less fantastical version of, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe yeah. if we had gotten some concrete evidence that yes, she is actually communing with the tree. It'd been interesting. Cause otherwise it's just, like you said, she's just kind of this out there character. And then when you throw her next to like, you know, the boy genius, who's fucking writing code for all this other stuff and all this other stuff, you're just like, well, how do I, but didn't do I take he her literally or not? See these light creatures at one point, he was talking about how he saw the trees come alive and these lights these auras around them and that's why i was kind of confused because he also seemed to be communicating in a way i don't know (laughs) from his intellect um like just the way he's writing code because i think i remember that section where he sees a particular tree Mm -hmm. and starts seeing patterns in it that that aura he's seeing more how code could be written by seeing that, um, seeing structure in it, that's what he's seeing. It's a little bit different than these beings coming and like telling you what to do and stuff like that, that Maple seemed to be getting. I got the uh, impression it was more like, you know, you've seen, I can't remember what, what it was from originally, but you see all these TikToks or YouTube, whatever, where someone's calculating something in their brain, you literally yeah. they're just like thinking, you see all these equations and stuff kind of moving around. That's literally kind of how yeah. I he was, that's what he was going through his end. Yeah. So. I can smell yellow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris, anything? Um, I, my big 
problem with environmental books is that they never meet people where they are. They're always just giving you, they're just info dumping all of this stuff on you. And then they're like, well, that's the story, folks. And you're just like, well, what am I supposed to do with all of this? How does this, how are you enticing me? Are you motivating me? How how am I where I am supposed to be able to do anything that matters? And that's my big problem with, with a lot of environmental books is that it leaves you with more questions than answers. And for me, it leaves me feeling hopeless and not hopeful. The only book I've read, an environmental book that I've read that gave me hope was Bill Gates's book. That was it, because at least he had some answers and some solutions. Mm-hmm. Um in my opinion. Um, so it, it's, it was a, I also don't like, I, I read for enjoyment. <laughs> That's my form of entertainment, you know, and I don't want to, it's one thing to read about autobiographies like you were reading, Jen, last year, all those autobiographies of all these wonderful, amazing people who've gone through really unimaginable things. Um, but it's quite another to, read a fiction about regular human beings going through regular human shit and then nothing coming of it. Mm-hmm. Like that, for me, that's not the point of a story. The story has a beginning, middle and end and the characters always going for a goal. They're trying to get somewhere. They're trying to do something. And this just felt like we were going on a ride that stopped before it got any good <laughs> and i and it made by because it was just like oh i want to read a hopeful ecological book i want to read something that inspires me and makes me motivated and lights a fire in my ass not something that was just like oh let's just all put paper bags on our heads and lies on the floor and so the vogons kind of blow us up like i didn't know i don't know his motivation for writing that book and what he was trying to convey in terms of other than that that's how i that's what i got out of it and uh, i don't like reading books like that that's not where i want to feel discomfort i wonder if though i mean you hear a lot of people that communicate climate science and the problems in the the environment say like we need hope we need to be Hmm. you know positive and this and that and a lot of other people also counter that with no we need to scare people into action and we need to make them think like your house is on fire. You need to put it out. So I'm wondering if that's kind of his motivation because he's like, okay, yes, there's hopeful stories, but this is one that should scare people into, you know, wanting to do something because sometimes that can encourage action too. I don't know. Right. But I'm wondering how often that works with you're scaring somebody into action. Most of the time what you've done is you've scared somebody into freezing. You've frozen them. They're deer in the headlights, you know, that fight or flight mode. They're either running away or they're stuck where they are because you, you know, I, I, the whole scaring into action. It's like, it's like somebody criticizing you, expecting you to be like, Oh, you're right. I should be a better person. And then magically do it. <laughs> you know, that's how I take it. Uh, that's a, that, that's a valid way to look at it. I have to say that very well put. Uh, <laughs> that's I what I feel like, person. well, like I'm being scolded. Uh-huh. That I'm a stupid human and I've done all these bad, not me personally, but yes, okay. we're not doing enough, we're not doing enough, and we're doing all these things to the planet and it's burning and blah, 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 and I'm not. So I'm getting the finger pointed at me and then it's like, go be motivated. And you're like, 
Sky yelled at. I don't want to do it. Now <laughs> like a pile of crap. To be really honest with you. So yeah, I, that's why I mean like meeting people where they are. If they're already a little anxious and they and they don't know as much as you do, because that's the other thing with activists. They get like really like excited and then they go meet somebody. And when they're that person's not as excited as they are, they're so disappointed and they're so frustrated. And it's like, well, if you just met them where they were and related to them where where they could understand you, you'd get more. You and you would get your message better understood. Instead of just being like, well, like the the world's on fire. Why aren't you fucking doing anything? And you're like, well, what you? I live in a house in the middle of Ontario. What the hell do you want me to do about it? <laughs> Half the shit you want us to do, we can't we do. We can't do. It's not up to us. It's up to the governments and it's up to the powers that be to do. It's not up to me as a single person to. It's up to huge companies that all they want is this. Money. So once, once that's out of society. Then we can start moving forward. Sorry, I got ranty there for a second because I do because I spent well, you spent three years in uh, at a at a natural environmental school and you get taught by a bunch of hippies and it's sort of the same rhetoric talking over and over again. Um, was there anything that information wise that stood out to you that uh, says this isn't one of your questions, John? I'm throwing this one out there just so. Oh, it's all right. uh, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, so the part of the book des- describing talking about how you know we uh, hands off of the old, the older forest, uh, you know, just because of you know their importance and and stuff that they produce that and the amount of stuff that they can do as compared to a newer forest, and I'm just like, okay, so if that's all true, which I'm assuming it is, I'm hopefully this wasn't you know exaggerating. <clears throat> Um, then yeah, absolutely. Like that just, that's a no brainer, which I mean, you know, I'm all for, you know, uh, uh, practical forestation. Like it, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, we, we, we describe trees as a, um, in some, you know, well, depending on who you talk to, some people will say, well, it's a renewable resource. Some people say, well, it's a non-renewable resource. And it's like, well, yeah, it is. It's both. It's, it's renewable. It just takes a little longer. And, you know, you may have to slow down or you may have to speed up your planting of the trees so that you can, you know, get them at a certain time. You, you're going to have to wait a little while for you can, you know, you can go harvest them. But, uh, yeah, if, if some of these older forest, uh, there's just no way that we could possibly ever bring back some of the stuff that they're doing. then yeah, fucking hands off, like, period. Like, there, this shouldn't even be a debate. And yet it is because, you know. It's so ridiculous. I. I actually um, just interviewed for Sustainably Geeky, a guy who works in um, the field of deforestation, et cetera. And Mm -hmm. he said something that kind of, it's simple, but it kind of blew my mind. I asked him about that. I said, you know, people say trees are renewable, but clearly they serve all these functions. And he said, trees are renewable, but forests are not. So you can replant trees over and over, but the ecosystems they support, the you know, things that they do for the the atmosphere and for the soil and for the land itself. And, you know, I mean, they talked about some of this in here, the biodiversity, but also like, yeah, they prevent erosion. They can help break, you know, currents on the coast and they, they help coral reefs respawn and all of these things that people don't even know about. In addition to just like holding carbon dioxide out of the air pulling it out of the air it's like yeah there's no way to replace that those ecosystem services 
are only available in old growth forests that have had hundreds and thousands of years to develop these complex ecosystems. And it's amazing the things that we've learned about trees, but like don't still don't know or that people just aren't aware of. And as I was reading this book, I just kept thinking about the, the book I read last year, The Hidden Life of Trees. And so much of that you can tell came directly from that book because he just talks mm. about the fungal networks and the way they communicate and all the the interesting things that they do that people don't even notice. And it's amazing that we're even talking about it. Like you said, like the thought of cutting these things down when they do so much for the world. Ah, so th- <laughs> if nothing else, the book did a good job of impressing that onto me. Mm-hmm. So I, at least I agree. A, a point on that. Of course, now I feel like, well, it doesn't fucking matter anyway. We're going to cut it down anyway. I can, I can't do anything to help it or whatever. And, and then I roll back and I'm just like, like you, like y'all said, you know, then it's like, well, what, what can I, if I could do something, what can I do? And it's like, well, I can vote. That helps. But how much does it really? And you kind of slide back into that. You know, I, I you know, I, I do listen to, I listen to every show that, you know, even when we record them, I listen to every show on this network. So I have listened to every single sustainably geeky. I've listened to every single episode. So I have heard y'all all say, yes, I, I feel like sometimes it's like, why am I even bothering? And unfortunately this kind of put me in that mindset. And <laughs> I, I'm the type of person I will get down on myself. I'll feel defeated. And then I'm just like, nope, fuck it. It, it's it's time to go to war and get you know pull myself back up and figure out let's let what can what can I do to improve the situation. So, like I said, I'm I'm trying to figure out besides voting, uh, you know, is there anything I can do to help? Or they give you and, an answer at the end of the book. So not a great one. What's well? I forgot what it is, and I returned the book already. What, what's no, the answer? She commits suicide. Oh well. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's high one point of the, the book. Yeah, that's one of that the... That was the answer that the book gave you. <laughs> hey, one thing everybody can do is buy recycled paper towels and toilet paper and napkins if you have to use, you know, paper, paper towels and napkins. But they do make 100% recycled paper for that. So you're not using virgin trees. Just an option. Just so or that or suicide. <laughs> That, this is a little less extreme than suicide. A little less extreme, yes. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's let's get back to the actual book itself. Uh, thoughts on the writing, um, Sean? You're kind of our your our pickiest person when it comes to the writing style. Um, style was an interesting style, not executed well. Um, I did like what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. but it didn't work. Too many characters, too, too all over the place. They, they, none of them, like they didn't merge all together, which I think that was, that's the style that they started with, but it never, never happened. And this is a long book to like, keep thinking that everyone's going to meet at some point and then they <laughs> yeah. don't do it. <laughs> Oh my God. Like, but yeah. So I understood the style that they were, I think they were going for, but it, yeah, it was poorly executed. Just any on other, a writing perspective. Any other thoughts on that? So 
just for stylistically, I'm going to hit on a point that uh, we talked about already, but um, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, talking about um, best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago and the next best time is now. Yes. Um, To go along with that, there's also um, the the old saying about um, good society or something about society's benefit when people plant trees that they know they're never going to have the shade of, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. the shade of that tree or something along those lines. I can't remember exactly what the quote is, but it's if if this book had have used something like that, where where those you know group got together and did something, and then it would have jumped into the future a little bit, and then there's somebody benefiting from their work. I think that would have got the point across a little bit better. So stylistically, it's just it goes back to the whole negative narrative. I I have a lot of time with. <laughs> um, go on. Oh, I was going to say, I thought it was interesting. I, I thought his descriptions of things were beautiful at times and the way that he um, tied thoughts together were really interesting. Um, I did also enjoy in, you know, like in some areas he would have, he would start out with one person's point of view and then he would kind of jump between characters in the same section, which I don't see that very often in books. Usually it's like, one person and then the next person in the next section and the next mm-hmm. person, but he would actually switch between two or three people sometimes in, in just like small things, you know, like because she remembers blah, 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 or whatever. Um, so I just thought that was neat, but yeah, it was, um, it was kind of hard to see how everything related in, in that vein. Um, <clears throat> speaking of kind of uh, the voice of the book, let's talk about the voice of the book. Um, did everyone listen to it or did anyone I read it. You you physically read it? Yeah, um, I got it from the library. <laughs> okay. Um, so for those of us who listened to it, thoughts on the the narrator? I thought she was fine. I thought it was a little, little slow for my liking. She read a little bit faster than um, Robin Kimmerer for Writing Sweetgrass. So she's mm-hmm. a little faster than that. Yeah. yeah. I thought she did a fine job. Uh, yeah, I thought the, I thought the narration was fine. Um, I thought the voice work was also okay. I was I was at least able to pick out the different characters. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you're listening to your book and you're just like, who am I? Which characters is again? And it was pretty clear for most of them. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. so we've switched over to this character, or whatever. So, uh, but unfortunately, and we've talked about this on you know several times on this show. Um, you know, whereas I, that's pretty much how I do all of my reading is through listening to it. Uh, I think it did suffer because of. Uh, having so many characters, um, sometimes it, it, you know, just it, it's does take a second to go. Oh, shifting gears, we're moving on to someone else. So see, that's why I have to read these kinds of books because we listen to, or I listened to the Power when we read that a few years ago, mm-hmm. and it was the same kind. It was like an ensemble of however many characters, and yeah. I was I kept having to rewind it or like look at the screen and say, okay, who's talking now? Because they say it at the beginning, but if you're not listening or if you miss, you know, like yeah. understand it, yeah, you will be way off. So I like physically reading these kinds of books just because I can, I can look back and forth and also just kind of predict what's coming next. I guess I don't know, <laughs> like Chris said. Yeah. 
be much more confusing. No, yeah, the, you're right. The power was definitely one of those that we read that definitely suffered from that because it there was no break in it. It was literally one character was talking and then like, mm-hmm. all right, we've moved to another chapter and it's another completely different character, completely different place, and you're just like, whoa, who who's talking <laughs> now? Like you completely shifted gears halfway through your story. And so. maybe her voice was harder to differentiate between characters because she was like British or something. I don't know. We Yeah, I don't remember. I have to go back and listen to that. Definitely <laughs> um let's see here. Ooh. Pardon me. Um I'm just kind of going through some of the other questions here. Uh how did it impact you? Well, I've, I've I've actually kind of said it. That's the 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 standout part about, you know, the the impact of the old growth tree, uh, forest uh, was the thing that, I, if nothing else, that's what I will take forward from this book. Um, anything in particular impactful to you, Jen? Or is this um, all all old hat that you've, you've read <laughs> multiple times? No, I think the biggest impact for me was like I I felt – you know, a lot of emotions when we were reading about the activist work they were doing, not just the more extreme stuff, but like the protest and the uh, the tree sitting and stuff like that, which I guess that's extreme. But <laughs> um, yeah, it, it kind of made me feel on one hand excited and hopeful at that point in the book. And then also just like a little hopeless because it's like this is huge. You know, they're, they're up against huge odds. Nothing's going to come of it. And turns out nothing really did. But <laughs> um yeah, I, I think it really just drove home for me, like how big the challenge is and how much work we still have to do. Um, and I know we think like it's a protected forest, it's protected land, but obviously, yeah, anything can happen. And as we saw with a previous administration when they reopened a lot of the quote unquote protected lands. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chris, Sean, Ray, anything in particular stand out? probably would take forward with this book from this book um no <laughs> okay hey, you know honest. love it i know for a fact i'm not going to remember any of the characters in this book no. ever because they're just they well, frustrated me and i didn't like it however the science in the book like learning about the forest and ecosystems and stuff like that. I remember. I thought that was fascinating and cool, and that'll stick. Mm. But everything Maybe that's like, why he wrote it. Oh, to frustrate me? <laughs> to, to give everybody an education in forests in a way. Okay, but he could have yeah, put it in a pamphlet, and I would have remembered it. <laughs> I thought, hey, I did good. I listened to it. No trees were killed in the audio version of this. Unlike someone that had to go and use an actual physical book. I went to the library and the book was existing. It's being shared. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, did the book remind you of any other books? I mean, it. Oh, go on, Ray. There's one thing that it reminds. Okay. Is the Simpsons episode where it told multiple toy times of. <laughs> or sorry, multiple points of view of the same story up until uh, Lisa's robot like goes and explodes and stuff. It's the, the grammar, the grammar. Lingo. Lingo. <laughs> that's it. That's the one. That's the episode. I, that just 
See, the fact that you remember the there. name of that robot just is killing me right now because you literally just said I'm not gonna remember any of the characters in this book. Who was the robot on the Simpsons from that one episode? Oh, Lingo. Yeah, I remember him. <laughs> That's how you write a good story. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, would anyone consider rereading this book? No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Would anyone consider? Uh, okay, so this actually, I guess, is a legitimate question. Would anyone uh, uh, recommend this book, like to anyone? Like, is there anyone that you know that you'd be like, no, I think, I think this book would be for them. Uh, Jen, that's I about think... the only person I would recommend it to. <laughs> <laughs> I might recommend it to like other friends who are into this kind of you know activism and um and or fiction there's a couple of people that come to mind yeah but i would probably caveat it with a warning (laughs) yeah but surely you're going to tell them ahead of time hey listen you're probably going to come out at the end of this book feeling kind of bad hea not guaranteed in this book (laughs) (laughs) wait till it gets to the end the ending is worth it and then run away (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh, geez, this is an interesting question. Are there any lingering questions from the book you're still thinking about? I have one. Oh, all right. What, what's your what's your lingering why, question? Why did nobody address the fact that Patricia killed herself? The two people that were in the room with her never brought it up again. Like it never in, in Mimi's oh. like days long meditation in the park. She never thinks about that when she thinks about everything else. And then Neela never like. He tried to stop her. I was just like, I didn't know if she actually died or not because they wrote it in one world that she'd taken the poison and killed herself. But in the very next sentence, in another world, she like stood up and like continued on. I was confused as hell. I was confused as well. I re listened to that like multiple times. Like, okay, did she die or did she not die? I wasn't sure. I thought she did because she had this whole like weird eye conversation with Mimi. And then after the fact, they said she like pours it in the glass and drinks it. And then Nile comes up and is like trying to stop her. But I thought she did it because she staggered backwards. They did that. And like they wrote it like she died. And then right afterwards in another world or whatever. Exactly. That she didn't do it. Oh, I don't remember that. And, I guess. Oh my god, it was so confusing. Yeah, I I re-listened to it multiple times trying to figure out what happened, and I'm like, ah, fuck, she killed herself. <laughs> well, I mean, nothing else has had a happy ending for it, so I mean, yeah, why would that be the one offshoot? Like, <laughs> exactly, it's just basing off the rest of the book. Well, that and I guess another lingering question. Oh, there's so many lingering questions, but like. <laughs> I, I never understood the point of the couple story because yeah, he oh, finally, yeah, like Ray finally comes to the realization that plants should have rights, trees should have rights, yeah. and then he has a stroke and he can't do anything about it. And I'm just like, maybe he'll recover and no, be able to go back as a lawyer. And he never, like, they literally, okay, <laughs> they they have a, you know, overgrown garden. And I guess in a way that's a form of resistance, but it didn't tie into anybody's story. And I was like, why was this? Yeah, and then the town wanted to come and cut it down. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean about, like, like you're watching somebody's life, but it's not, nothing happens. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, well, what was the point of that? What was the point? What was the point? I think you want, you want, (laughs) although I did like the way he wrote how um, Ray saw the world after his stroke and how he tried to communicate. I thought that was kind of interesting. 
but yeah, you're right. Like he has the stroke. So you're like, okay, well, is he going to come back from this? And and like yeah. you said, he's, he's had this realization. Is he going to come back? Okay. Well, maybe, maybe she's going to become a lawyer and, 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 no. and pick up and no, it's like, no, it's just, and then like, and then on top of that, it's like, oh, well, she's having an affair while, and it's just like, mm-hmm. can anyone in this book be like a good person? Yeah. Like she was ready to divorce him, leave him. And then she decides to stay and take care of him until the end. Like she even gives up the prospect of another husband or another love mm-hmm. for that. And I'm just like, how did you swing from that to that? I, I just, I didn't get it. It was a weird. Yeah. yeah it was, it was yeah. a weird, unnecessary story. That one could have been left out and the book would have still been the same. <laughs> just wanted to know one more stab at the heart before you. What's that, though? You're just saying, what? I think it's just like weird branch that grows off of a tree sometimes. Yeah, you have this perfect part. tree and then this yeah. one jutting branch. It's like, what the fuck? Someone cut that off. Flying in. <laughs> but Breaking as you know, symmetry. every branch has a purpose, Sean. Now you've learned. Even to annoy me. Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> to confuse you. So oh, there is yeah. something that this did kind of remind me of. Um, and it's part of the, the criticism that we're having now. Um, the criticism of um oh what was the second movie in the Star Star Wars uh sequels um uh, the Last Jedi everyone was like a lot of that movie was pointless like they they went to go do this mission and they come back and nothing happens and I'm like okay I get that in that that happens to people like sometimes you try really hard and you don't succeed and stuff moves on that's fine for Star Wars because Stuff moves on. We got another rest of the movie and we got another movie after that. And in this, it's like, well, nothing happened or whatever they were trying didn't didn't go anywhere. The end. It's like, it would have yeah. been different if like this was the first book and and there was a sequel or if there was a trilogy or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, well, and then afterwards this happened. And, you know, this was all laying the groundwork for something else. And and yeah, it, like you said, it's just like if they had completely cut out that couple story. The book would have been shorter. I don't think it would have changed the message at all that much. And would you, uh, let's be real though. Y'all wouldn't read a sequel to this. Like if there was a, a part two to find out what happened to these people. Well, I would, ha- you would, would you? have to read it first and <laughs> you would have to tell me, yes, things get better or there is hope. Cause if you told me one of those two things, I might be, I might would do it. But if you're just like, no, I felt even worse after reading the second one. I'd be like, no, sorry, Jen, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Fool me once. <laughs> so, yeah, but oh. I'm like you, Ray. Like, even if, as long as there's just like a little bit of hope, hmm. I can, I can grab onto that and move forward with it. Again, one of them, maybe, maybe all the shit goes down and everything that, that bad happens in the book and that's fine. But maybe one of them is holding seeds that they collected from the, you know, or or a a small uh, tree from the the red one or the red one that they minus something in order to go and plant their own somewhere else or you like, got the seed vault, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was halfway expecting the the guy. I'm sorry, I can't remember any of the names. The guy, the the programmer who's a fucking like billionaire. I'm like. Well, surely he's going to swoop in and be like, guess what, Buy fuckers? I bought all of th- all of this force belongs to me now. And that's how they're all going. No, no. Also, something that did bother me was like how 
shitty of a way they got caught. You know, like the girl mm-hmm. that he yeah. was nice enough to let stay a night and then she turns him into the feds and unless just like that's it. That's so anticlimactic, but also like what a terrible person. Like all these terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a book full of very, very weird, terrible some of them were terrible, some of them weren't, but it was yeah, it was big hodgepodge of characters. But yeah, like it was hard to care about one person. The the most emotion I had to any character was what's my miss? I was like <laughs> the tree. No, that I totally get that. Like, yes, I, I felt for the tree. <laughs> but that was the only one I got like really emotional about was my miss, because everybody else was just like, What? Yeah, whatever. All right, I guess. Like, yeah. Of course, it's sad. Well, by oh. that point, you're already been beaten down because everyone that you know, everyone that's come before them have all died of some way or another, and you're just like, okay. <laughs> it was jarring. Like the the first uh, uh, Mimi's dad. I did not like that begin like that introduction at all. I really it almost ruined the book for me because I'm like that was jarring. There was no reason he was in his 80s. There was no reason you just stuck that in there. Why? Why? What was the point of him killing himself in his blood? Like, and the way that he described it afterwards and how his children had to clean it up. Like, no, it was, uh, I, ugh, no, that was really unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> well, any other, any, is there anything else anyone wants to bring up? Any, or should we wrap up final thoughts? I feel bad that I don't like this book. <laughs> Yeah. I don't I don't hate the book, but it was a little bit. Of, it was definitely downer. It was disappointing yeah. in a lot of ways. But I mean, I do see I, I do take a little bit of not pleasure, but I guess solace in the fact that at least you guys got what you got out of it. Um, mm-hmm. for the, it was educational in some ways. But, yeah, it was definitely I tend to read books that I know are going to end well or at least have closure and and movies as well so i'm like oh wow if i'm gonna spend my hard-earned time on this like you said chris just i want to know i'm at least you know not going to be sad because the world is sad and i need happiness in my free time which is why i refuse to go back and watch game of thrones (laughs) fair point fair point um all right well let's go ahead and move on to uh well, before we go into what we've been reading, um, so we we are finally seems like it's been forever. We are finally moving on to the last book in our round robin that we've done. Uh, so next month next month's book is A Dark Shade of Magic by V. E. Schwab. Yep. Uh, I did say that correctly, right? Okay, uh, and that's that's Chris's pick. So after that, at some point, we will um, re-roll essentially and come up with another plan and uh come up with our next series of books so whatever we do we'll i'm sure we'll announce it before the next one uh i don't know how serious he was but uh, we may have another person joining us uh joseph talked about possibly jumping on um so we will we will see maybe he'll end up joining us and uh i can only imagine the books that he's going to introduce us to i don't i don't know what kind of books he reads to be honest with you so uh, may have to tell him, may they cannot be uh, game guides. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that being said, uh, what else have you been reading? Anyone been reading anything else? Um, I'm almost finished. Um, Percy Jackson's Sea of Monsters, which is book number two. Okay. Um, I think I have like 30 pages left, so I'll finish it tonight. But it's it's good. It, it, I understand 
the backlash of the movies now <laughs> after really yeah because he's 12 in the first one yeah um, i read those books too and yeah, yeah. And they're good. They're they're it's a it's entertaining. So I've, I've got the second. I'm almost in the second. It's good. And then the book I read before is called A Book of Longings. Jen, I think you would love this one. Uh, by um Sue Monk Kidd. She did um The Secret Life of Bees. Um, it's so good. It takes place in uh um uh, Jesus' time. It's about Jesus' wife. It's historical fiction. It's so freaking good. She researched the hell out of it. It is so good. So good. All right. Um, Ray, I know you're not reading anything else because you're doing you're doing work. You're doing a class. Well, um, I'm trying. I'm really trying to catch up. Like this last the overstory took a lot of time out of wing. but I so I started uh, book two for Outland, so Ursa okay. started it, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm reading a lot about organization behavior. <laughs> so if you're strong with your management in your uh, in your place, I could tell you that. <laughs> but I couldn't tell you before this course too. So <laughs> now he's got terminology. Yes. Yeah. John, you been reading anything else? Um, I just. Finished re-listening to um, Nathan Lowell's the like uh, Ishmael saga, mm-hmm. like the ashes and stuff like that. So I just finished doing that. I'm actually starting on Milk Run because I actually I haven't read those that trilogy, which okay. I should have done before. Here you go. Oh well. Um, and then I'm actually I'm reading. Um, Stormfront by uh, what's his name? Jim Butcher. Stormfront, hate her. Uh, no, not that one. She's the worst. The Dresden Files. Did you watch that series, The Dresden File? I I've it. heard of it. I've never watched it. It only lasted like eight episodes or ten episodes, whatever. But I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the books that it was based off of. There's a lot of them. So this is the first one. So oh, what the hell? Was when I was in Ottawa with Patrick in the live or in a bookstore. Like, Ooh, these look good. And then it was like, yeah, based their Dresden files based on it. I'm like, fuck right, yeah, I'll, I'll get these. <laughs> I listened to another podcast and um, uh, one of the one of the guys that's on there like has been tearing through all the books. Like he he just loved them. Like he he loves yeah. that storyline, the characters, and he's just been tearing through them. Oh yeah, it, it's mystery with magic involved and like real world and no it's great i love it but the, yeah the, the tv series was so good I'm, I'm interested that's one of those things it's like mm, maybe i'll pull the trigger on that i may i may have to see so it's it's on my possible to do list. so uh jen you, did you say you were reading anything else or just a lot of boring newsletters so books here this one well before the episode we had a little quick conversation um i am almost done with uh red mars um by kim stanley robinson and um i don't know i will not be recommending it for this show um i don't know if i'm going to be i I will finish the book i don't know if i'm going to continue on with the series right now i'm leaning towards no um just kind of like with this book. Um, whereas the characters in this book, I didn't, I thought were okay. 
you know, I didn't think they were necessarily bad. Uh, I don't like the characters in this book. I don't like the characters <laughs> in Red Mars. They all seem to be kind of horrible people, and I'm like, I don't want to keep spending time with these people. Um, and they're pretty lengthy. Like they're 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 good length books. Um, I think the first one's like almost 600, and the other two were over 600 pages. And uh, even at double speed, it's it's a it's a slog. Um, <laughs> so yeah, at the at the probably next episode, I I will definitely finish it and definitely give the yay or nay on whether or not i move on to um uh, blue mars and green mars so um kind of, kind of like what you said chris uh how, how how is this book making me feel and right now it's making me feel like bad bad that i don't like this book because i it's I've, <laughs> I've listened to a podcast with a guy that's like gushed about it forever and and i'm just like okay well i mean he tends to listen to a lot of scientific stuff so that's kind of what i was expecting and there's some science in it, but there's a lot of politics, and I just uh, no, I'm 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 okay. Like I'm okay going back to what we were talking about. You were talking about um, Outland and Earthside. Yes, there's we need to discuss what we're going to do because there's different sides and different ideas on what we should do. But it's 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 a it's a fair discussion, and we move on, and we either do it or we don't do it. In this book, there's there's just too many conversations <laughs> between too many extreme people who are not good people, you know. Otherwise, it's like Sounds all right. Well, after, <laughs> after I ended up sleeping with his girlfriend, I decided I was gonna stab him in the back. But and I'm just like, Jesus. Okay, cool. No, not really. Anyway. All right. Well, that is our show for the month, ladies and gentlemen. If you would, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, wherever it is you listen to the show. You can find us at epicallygeeky.com, where you can find the rest of our shows, including the Epically Geeky Show, the Creatively Geeky Show, and Sustainably Geeky Show. Um, we're not very active on social media, but if you want to see what's going on, you can always find us at Epically Geeky on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Where can we find you online, Jen? Uh, you can find me here occasionally and sometimes on Epically Geeky. Every month on Sustainably Geeky and on Instagram and Twitter at Het's Gonna Be Me. Sean? The Mac Daddy of the Geeky Shows, Epically Geeky. Uh, screwing with Wikipedia, but I think I'm going to be spending more time uh, writing book reviews. For Jen's books, anyway. Anyway, I gotta, that was the one thing. This, This book got like four and a half stars on Audible. It got a lot yes, of awards. it's highly too. rated. Yeah. Liars, all of them. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna have to step up my review game. So anyway, and uh, your favorite broken toy on Instagram. Uh, Ray, uh, on my McMaster University course, because uh, <laughs> that's where I'm spending I'm the most time right now. <laughs> I'll see everybody in April online, guy. Okay? <laughs> Chris. Um, all the shows you mentioned and on Instagram at Living And as always, you can follow my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Chain on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network.